I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today, the Awabakal people of the Awabakal tribe, and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Always was and always will be the traditional custodians of this land. is a dear friend of mine that I met on my journey in aromatherapy. Holly is very sweet, so kind, yet don't be fooled because she is a fierce entrepreneurial woman with a keen vision to bring sacredness back to women. I recently signed up for Holly's Sacred Insight program and, get this, it's free and really you can't get any better than that, can you? I'm super keen to talk to this soulful woman. So hello and welcome, Holly. Hello. Thank you for having me. It is such a pleasure. And listener, see, I can actually see her here and she's just divine. Oh, bless. <laughs> <laughs> Straight back at you. <laughs> Thank you, my darling. So Holly, you are a yoga teacher, mm-hmm. divine feminine from Ayurvedic wellness coach and mentor. I want to dive into all of this, especially the Ayurvedic wellness but first, how are you, my friend? It's been a while. I, I know. It's been well, definitely a year, I would say, since I would have seen you. Yes. I think yeah. the last time we were around a table, or was it the photo shoot that we did together? Either the photo shoot, I've got some beautiful photos I'm going to show people about. You know, oh. When we were doing our beautiful aromatherapy photo yeah. shoot. It's been a long time. That's a long, long time. Um, yeah, I'm good. It's been a big week this week. Yes. I think I saw my Instagram post last night. It's been um, a roller coaster, but it's it's landing again, so it's it feels good. Yes. Last full moon was in Sagittarius, and so Kerry Hurrigan, who would explain to us that's all about expansion. So no wonder you had such a big week. That was the end of it. Like it's coming to the end of it. So there's a lot of activity, a lot of growing, a lot of expanding, and that's what Sagittarius does for us. So yeah. you are right on the money. You're feeling it and you're doing it. So, And did you land well? Have you landed well? Yes, I have. I feel like I've been landing and re-landing every single day. <laughs> I feel like today it's like, okay, yeah. we're officially landed in that new expanded space and I don't think we're going down or up again anytime soon. Lovely. I hope. <laughs> well, so the new moon in Gemini is coming on the 10th of June and from what I can read, Gemini is a very beautiful energy as well. It's all about, actually, it's all about what we're talking about here. It's about coming into your own, into looking at the duality of yourself and coming back to that space where you love. So I am just, that's why this conversation is really important leading up to the new moon. In your bio, there are a few sentences that I'd like to explore. Mm -hmm. The first is your belief that when we begin to get glimpses of our innate wisdom, we truly start to evolve and transform into our potential. Now, Holly, I'm 55 years old, and most likely you, my love, are around the 25 to 30-year-old mark. Am I right? Yep. (laughs) Okay. I won't ask you how old you are, but that's the bracket (laughs) we're in. And I just now, at this present time, I'm just now filling into my wisdom. So for me, I'm curious to know your thoughts on the difference between innate wisdom and the wisdom that comes with age, for example. Is innate wisdom what you were born with and that is what you help 
with people to tap into is that what yeah is that what you tap into the innate wisdom because being the age that you are the wisdom that comes with age hasn't really happened for you yet yeah no definitely not so I think how I look at this is we definitely all have this innate wisdom within us and that's the I suppose that wisdom or that consciousness that spark is what then Um, manifest us into physical form into this human body and then I almost see the physical body and the physical world sometimes as a mask or um, a layering or a sheath covering up that innate wisdom and as we get older we have more life experience that teaches us things and things that um, teach us how to drop off those layers we stop caring so much so there's definitely I see that wisdom is the same. The wisdom is as you get older is just you tapping back into that innate wisdom that you were born with, but you now just have so much more life experience to feel, I guess, even willing to start to shed some of those layers that you might protect yourself with because you're still figuring out life, moving through, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s. 50s. Um, 50s. 50s, 70s. <laughs> so we have this whole wisdom that we're all born with and that is who we are. Um, and that's kind of the whole purpose of life in my beliefs is just to remember that wisdom um, and to come back to that innate wisdom. So I see them as the same, but we have this whole life ahead of us to tap into that wisdom. Um, we don't have to learn it all straight away, but yeah, it's our life experience that helps us feel safe enough to shed those layers, to find that spark again. Mm, yes, to find that spark again. Yes. We were talking just before the podcast about how I was, I was sharing with you about my age and I've just now dedicated this year to yoga. I've been doing yoga on and off for many, many years but never really devoted myself to it. Yeah. So this year I have clocked up 60 practices. That's amazing. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. I can feel it, I can tell you now. And only last Wednesday night I did what was called Wild Thing. Or, or is it wildling? Wild thing. Wild thing. So what happened to me was I just didn't think that I could do it because I was telling my brain, my brain obviously was telling me, you, know, you can't do it, you're too old, you're going to collapse and or, the, or, or fart, which is a big <laughs> thing about older women in yoga, and you're going to embarrass yourself and don't do it. And I just went, I listened to the teacher and I breathed. And I felt strong. I said, no, I'm going to do this. So it's, you know, the downward dog and then you kind of flip and then you go on your bottom and then you lift up. Yeah. Well, as I rose up to it, I, I tears were coming down my, my face. So I did my downward dog. I pulled over to my bottom and then I, as I raised up and I breathed out, I went, I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm frigging doing this. Amazing. And, and that's my – the potential that I have is, is an enormous. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I love about both your teaching or what you do for people is that you create this um, belief within them. We shed the story that Mm. we've been telling ourselves for years and we can come back to our true nature, our our innate wisdom that let's distrust our body. It's strong enough now. I've been eating well. I've been doing this 60 times now. I'm pretty sure I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. In saying that, when that happens to your students in yoga, let's talk a little bit about yoga for a moment. 
does that light you up? What, what sort of the things that you love about that when, when you see your students, you think, wow, they actually are accomplishing something. How does it make you feel? So I think there's definitely that aspect of people being able to expand themselves physically. But I think for me what it is is what they then reap for themselves mentally and energetically once they kind of, I suppose, quote unquote, succeed in that physical pose. There comes this breakthrough energetically and mentally. They literally, as you said, you shed a story. Um, or you shed a belief about yourself or even a belief about the world. Um, because when you can, you know, the, the asanas, the poses of yoga, they do create um, an energetic shift within the body. And especially if we're present um, and breathing, breathing into it, then that's when um, things really begin to shift and change. So I think for me, why I love teaching yoga so much and you know, still always every class, there's some kind of moment that someone will come up and say something to you, or they might say, you know what, I actually finally understood what you meant when you said that. I finally felt it and I got it. Um, Or people saying that they're getting stronger mentally, they're more steady, they have more groundedness in who they are. Um, And a lot of people I teach yoga to are actually around your age, they're not my age. So it's really beautiful. Yeah, that's it's great. Really, yeah. yeah, there's very much a shared experience of teaching, I find, and I don't even think they probably realize what they teach me. Um, but yeah, I think it's that seeing someone transform and push through those limiting beliefs of what they previously had, um, and not just understanding that intellectually, but actually getting that in their physical body and seeing that change there. Yes, yes, I certainly agree. I was feeding my little dog the other day and Jason turned around and said, Sue, you're in a squat pose. (laughs) Like seriously, legs squatted. And then Amelia got frightened because I thought, how am I going to get up? (laughs) I immediately immediately got frightened because that's what happened. I went, I mean, yes, so what do I do? What do I do? And he goes, well, how, how did you get down here? Yeah. Just do it without thinking. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I did, and I, and I did, and that's what happens, isn't it? Because, yeah. and, and I suppose though, look, we have to give um, credit where credit is due, and our our body does have the flight and fight. Um, yeah, you know, it's there to protect us because it's saying, oh, you've done that once, and you've really hurt your knees, mate. So don't yeah. do it again. You know, you really, you put your hand on the stove once, mate, don't do it again. Yeah, exactly. So, so I understand that there is, a, there is something in there, but if, but we shouldn't allow that to stop us from trying to do certain things because I am stronger. And so when I did it, I went, I was fearful. And then I, I talked to myself kindly. I said, you know what, Suze, it's okay. Jason's there. If something happens, you can always, you know, fall back on your bum and yeah. he can pick you up. So try, just try yeah. to get up. And I did, and I succeeded, and and there you go. It was all it was all good. It's all good. Yeah. But there was that response time. There was that little moment of yeah. like, I won't swear. I went, oh, yeah. bugger. <laughs> okay, talk, be kind, and then I, I raised myself up. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. Sometimes is because our body does have that fight or flight response. It protects us. It it makes sure that we survive and that we're alive. But if we're not aware of that all the time, it can kind of get in the way of a a lot of our life. We can stay stuck in that because it's such 
um, you know, it's so programmed into our physical being and into our nervous system. So it's so important to have an awareness of that. So it's not always controlling you and every choice you make, you're mm-hmm. able to kind of go back to the wisdom and get out of the um, fight or flight response. Yep. One of the other areas I'd love to talk to you about, because women of your age, they there there are still uh, traumas that they've had to deal with when they're children. Everybody has traumas. Everybody has had some trauma, whether it's on a small scale or a large scale, but there's always been some trauma, even when you realize that Santa Claus is no longer real. That yeah. can be traumatic for some children. I know it was for me, and what it was is not the fact that there's no, no Santa Claus, but that I was lied to yeah. for so long. And then I thought my, my next question as a seven-year-old is, what else are they lying to me about? Mm. I was actually quite – had a lot of issues around that anyway, by the by. But what I'd like to share with my aged wisdom is that if you add another 25 years onto the already 25 years you've already lived – and you do not address those issues, there's way too many more layers to take off. It's like it's like a mm. hundred heavy coats and so you take one off and one off. Whereas at the moment when you are younger and especially with, that, with my listener who is probably more in your age bracket between 25 and 40 say, mm. the opportunity to do this, oh, what, do you, what would you call it? Mm. Work, hard work. <laughs> <laughs> hard work would be better (laughs) start young start young because the older you get the the harder it is to to not necessarily remember but to unravel what what actually caused all the trauma in the first place because i do believe that most trauma in in adult life comes from childhood i really do because of the misconceptions and misunderstandings and what you think isn't so so your work is so much needed in the world my love it's so much needed and i'm so grateful i'm so grateful i found you again oh i'm very glad to be here yeah (laughs) i want to move now on to your work in your ayurvedic studies or your ayurvedic sort of world and i'm not sure whether you know this but i did um certification course in aromatherapy and ayurvedic studies oh wow did 10 modules it's fascinating and i because i really enjoy essential oils and what this particular program taught me was how to use essential oils to decrease or increase uh, pitta vata and the kapha qualities so i work oh it kind of honestly ties into every aspect of what I do. And the the meaning of Ayurveda is the science or the knowledge of life. So mm. it's hard to kind of compartmentalize it into just one thing that I do. Um, it's, it's the same as my yoga practice, I suppose, as well. I see that as not just a practice, but as life itself. Um, so I guess in terms of yoga, it, it really the knowledge of Ayurveda really comes into structuring a class and supporting individuals because we're all so different. That's what um, Ayurveda is really focused on, the, that we're all so unique. And although we have a lot of sameness and we come from that same soul, that same innate wisdom, we all manifest in a very different way to literally then be able to achieve that soul's purpose. We all have a very unique purpose Um, And that's what this physical form and the mental qualities and skills that we have um, are there to support. 
So it's, it's being able to look at an individual and understand them in their totality and not kind of just see them um, in comparison or even relation to someone else, but being able to see them completely. Um, and I think Ayurveda helps us to see the power of each individual person and the uniqueness of them and not think because they don't have, you know, a certain skill that someone else has that makes them really successful, that that means they're unsuccessful. Uh, so it's helped me in really supporting people to get to that place where they own who they are, every aspect of who they are, and especially for young women, um, the way we look, just actually owning that and not feeling so um, having to compare if my hair is not like hers or my face structure, my body structure is not like hers or I don't think like she does, um, that once I kind of really got into Ayurveda, all of that, I mean, of course, I still have moments <laughs> where I, I wish I was like someone else. But as long as I can remember that innate wisdom, all of that stuff just doesn't matter because I was given this and we were all given our unique, um, you know, quality of how we even look to support us in what we do in this world. So that's something I think very much that I'm trying to get across to young women is because I still feel and see through conversation and through experience how much that is, um, you know, holding young women so tightly in every choice they make, everything they do. Um, it's still, there's still so much more work to be done. And I think, like you said, this is the time to learn all of that and unlearn what we've been told. Mm. We were never told as young women to embrace your individuality in the way you look. There was always one idea of what you were supposed to look like. And mm. as you see, that completely changed from when I was a teenager. It was all about being completely, you know, stick thin and really small, not having curves. And now we're starting to embrace the curves. So it's, it, but it's still not teaching us to embrace us because there's always a model and an image that we're trying to achieve mm. and it just changes through the ages. So that's something where if we look at this innate wisdom of Ayurveda, um, we can actually hopefully learn to embrace ourselves for who we are, not look to something outside of us, um, but really just look to ourselves. So that's something that I work with a lot. So I do Reiki as well and um, I, I mostly work with, people, you know, young women my age in that and working, understanding those energy centers and how they relate to specific qualities in Ayurveda or certain elements. Um, and it's really, I think we also move through different elements and qualities in life and young women, we're all moving through those same um, lessons. So yeah, it's supported me in so many different ways, but it's mostly taught me how to embrace who I am. And then that's what I, I want to share with other people is how to embrace who they are to first learn about themselves, learn about their wisdom, and then actually embrace that, not try to change it. Cause it's, it's not by accident. Um, it, it's all on purpose. That's beautiful. Thank you. I want to get back to something that you said about comparison. Mm -hmm. There's a motto that I have, and through some of my teachers, I'm not sure, you probably have heard of um, Elena Brower. Oh, yes. Uh, Gabby Bernstein. Yeah. And Carrie Ann Moss. Oh, no. Yeah. No. She's Trinity in the Matrix. Right. She, okay. Yeah. So these three women, not unfortunately, but they all reside in America. 
So yeah. it's very difficult to to be in their world. You know, we're always at the arse end of, of everything. <laughs> and it's like 3 o'clock in the morning that they have all their... That, I know. <laughs> but I do... I was the other day to enrol in. I was like, oh, it's going to be like midnight. No That's right. And an extra 300 or $400 because oh, of the exactly. um, thing. So I'm, I'm trying to embrace women like yourself who are Aussies and that we yeah. can support each other in that. But these three women... One of the themes that they have taught me is about comparison kills creativity. Mm. Because we are all unique, we all have a unique thing that we are to be giving to the world. And when we are constantly comparing or trying to be like everybody else, then the world just gets this, it's like this clone of other people. And you can see that in Instagram feeds. You can see that in Instagram stories and when you go on TikTok, everybody's trying to be like everybody else. And mm-hmm. again, that is, because, that is one of our nature. It is our nature as human beings because we copy things and we, we notice patterns and we see patterns and we like to do that. And that is, um, that's all good. But that's not really what I'm talking about. That's more survival. I'm talking about what do we really do contribute to the world? So just on what you were saying about bringing this uniqueness to the world, I'm a, I'm a bookkeeper by trade. I have uh, qualifications in accounting. And, but I also love astronomy, astrology, uh, all things science, the unified field, watercolours, um, yoga, Ayurveda. So I love all that. So I have this right, left brain thing. So I've been in my bookkeeping practice for like 25 years. Oh. And then in the accounting world for like 33 years. And I just thought, oh, no one's going to be interested in that. No one's going to, what? Everyone wants to know about yoga and, and you know, not, and should I be a yoga teacher? Should I do this and should I do that? And then when, when Elena Brower kindly slaps you in the face and says, you know what, wake up, oh. you have something unique to give to the world. I meditated upon it and asked the question, what do I bring to the world? We wanted to create synergy for people with their accountant and with the business owners and us. We wanted to be able to bring everyone together for the good of the business owner. So I thought, yes, synergy still is right. I want to bring all the elements that I do. In particular, one of the big messages I want to, I want to help people is to get out of debt. In particular, credit card debt. And how can I bring meditation mindful guided meditations into people's lives to help them eliminate credit card debt mm. which is probably one of the most insidious evil <laughs> debt you could ever have because it's just so alluring it's so tempting it's really um it's very dangerous so anyway that's what i'm going to be bringing to the world is wow. especially helping um young women so that when they're at my age they don't have debt. Yeah. You know, that you should be able to retire free of debt in mm. safety. Yeah, mm. so that's my mission is I'm going to merge the two, meditation that's beautiful. and debt reduction and all my bookkeeping and financial stuff. And so that's my unique comp- contribution to the world. I'm not going to compare myself to Elena Brower, to Gabby Bernstein, to Carrie-Anne Moss. I'm not going to uh, compare myself to you, Darling Holly, or to Amy Landry, one of our dear dear friends or anybody else because they're not me yeah. nobody is as unique as me 
No. And that's my message as well from the, what you've just told me. That's what I'd love to share with my listener is that you are unique. You have a very special gift inside of you that only you can give to the world. Now, if people resonate with you and your voice and your photo when I actually bombard my Instagram feed with you, <laughs> what things can you offer them? Like especially for people who go globally. I know that locally um, people know you already and they can find you, but w- what can you offer globally? What's your solution? What's your unique gift, my love? Oh, that's a good question. Sacred Insights is well, that idea was birthed. I think I was in a boat in Fiji and it would have been maybe 2018 and it's 2021. It took me a few years to actually then go and do that because things like comparison and, you know, worrying Mm. about what everyone else is doing Mm. literally stops you in your tracks. And it's just so silly because then you aren't actually giving the world anything. You're so afraid of what you're putting out there that you end up doing nothing, um, which is not. Bingo. Absolutely correct. And you Mm. know what? Even if you put something out there and it's ugly and nobody gets it and nobody cares, yeah. it doesn't matter. So you may as well do it. Yeah. And even if one person resonates with that, then that's all that matters. Yeah. And if no one resonates with it, you've strengthened that trust in yourself to follow that um, curiosity. And the more that you accept that curiosity and take action on it the the louder that curiosity will get and it will become truth it will feel like you're tapping more and more back into yourself um so yeah I had I've done a lot of that this year just getting rid of that um voice that tells you no don't do it (laughs) because what if what if and you know giving up on that voice you can't the the voice of your soul does get louder and you just trust it more you don't doubt it Um, which is kind of what Sacred Insights is all about as well, is, you know, it's a whole host of different things. There's meditations in there, there's recipes, there's self-care and self-love work. Um, But most of all, it's a place for you to just explore yourself in ways that you wouldn't have explored before. Um, A lot of the teachings in there are not teachings that you can find in books or read about on the internet. They've been passed down to me from my teacher just through words um, and through practice. So that's what's quite special about it is it's it's quite um, connected to not just me, but when you do these practices and you, you know, do these meditations, there's a whole line of women um, who have walked that path before you that you're then connecting into. There's something really beautiful about um, the internet and being able to connect globally as you're walking down a path that so many other women have walked down before and um, are holding your hand through. Yes. Uh, so that's what Sacred Insights is all about. Thank you, Holly. That was wonderful. I'm, I am really keen to explore what you have to offer because I think that the more that especially because you're Australian as well. Yeah, um, it's, it's lovely. Now, I am going to ask you to close off our podcast with a guided meditation to that. But before I sign off and hand it over to you to do that, just a couple of quick little social questions. I'm always fascinated with other people's reading habits. Now, you may not read, so you can just pass on this one, but... If you could tell me, what are you reading now? 
So I'm one of those people who read about five to ten books at a time, which is looks so wow. I need more masculine to my structure of degree. <laughs> but um, the one that I'm reading the most at the moment is Autobiography of a Yogi, and I read that a few years ago. Are you reading that? I've read it. I've read it. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I just I am blown away by the commitment he has. The yeah. devotion. Actually, it was through his words, through um, Yogananda, y- y- yeah. Yogananda, his yeah. um, words of devotion. Where I thought, I don't know, I'm not devoted to anything. Yeah. What can I be devoted to? You know, really devoted. And now this year, it's yoga. So I read that yeah. book two years ago, and yeah. and now just only now it resonates. So perfect book. What yeah. are you getting out of that at the moment? Well, the devotion is is really on on point for me as well. That because I, I read it a few years ago and I was a lot younger. I, I was a yoga teacher then, but I guess you know, with age and with more and more experience in practice comes new knowledge. And so, reading it this second time around, I think I am very yeah. The devotion that he had from such a young age yes. on his mission and on his path, and he didn't let anyone deter him from that. Although there were plenty of roadblocks. Um, and people telling him that he shouldn't do that or, and I think in one particular bit when he, I think it's when he finds his guru and just how it just so naturally unfolds. And it just reminds me to have that trust and that faith. Cause I think, you know, we're always in search of something or at least someone to guide us and hold us in that space. And just trusting that those people will continually come into your life as you need them. I think for me, that's what I'm getting from it at the moment. Beautiful. That's wonderful. Is there any other books that you're reading? You said you had five. And also the other one that I keep picking up as well is called Phosphorence. Oh, yes, I'm reading that now. Oh, it's such a beautiful book. (laughs) Isn't it? And um, at the beginning, I'm thinking, is this a self-help book or is she just going to talk about jellyfish? Yeah, which I really loved, oddly. <laughs> yes, me too, me too. Yeah, I'm only I'm about a quarter way through that. So, But I yeah. love the book cover. It's just so lovely to, to touch. It looks like it's um, got glowworms all over it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful book. I um, I was gifted that book and I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't really normally like being gifted books. I like to pick them myself and go through that experience. But, oh, it, it's such a nice book. Yes. So I would recommend that one too. Yes, me too. Mm. Yeah, at the moment, they're the ones that are, are making the most impact that I keep picking up. There's been a few that I've picked up and haven't quite returned to, mm. which is also just me. But, um, yeah, those two for sure. Well, the one that I'm reading is um, by Joanne Fedler. She is an Australian. Uh, she migrated here about 25 years ago from South Africa, and it's called Unbecoming. And it really is for women of my age who have had children and they're all grown up and she's trying to find herself. It's going back to our theme, going back to that theme of going, well, if, if you're, you reach 30, 55 and you are finding yourself like, who am I and what is this life all about and I'm really hating my life, wouldn't it be nice to arrive at 55 and going, yeah, I love my life, I know who I am and I'm really happy. See the, the difference, the comparison? And by starting early in your life to unravel the shit and from childhood or and adolescence, 
and to arrive in your early 20s or late 20s as a, as a fully grown adult is so much better, so much yeah. better than arriving at 55. And this is what this book is all about. So I would encourage you, my friend, to, yeah. to get that Joanne Fedler unbecoming. It's, it's an eye-opener. It's funny. It's it. laugh out loud funny. She's, a, she's hilarious. I wonder if there's a, a link between uh, women your age at the moment doing more of this work now that's being a catalyst for younger women to do that too. Perhaps you didn't have role models when you were our age doing the work. Um, so I think because in the last two years especially, there's been so many more young women come to me and open up to this stuff. Um, and I think that's probably a testament to um, older women doing that as well and having the the confidence and trust in exploring yes. for the first time. Yes. Oh, and, and fear goes away too because, you know, as you age, um, and I use this word um, with great respect and a lot of people may get triggered by this word, but the word is death. Mm. And we're so frightened, of course, because it's an unknown thing. But um, as you age, there's two things that you do. You either move towards it, mm. as Ram Dass would say, with an upbeat attitude or you don't and you become the crone that most people align themselves with the witchy gnarly angry sort of twisted woman that is frightened and angry and just really oh just difficult Mm cantankerous these words come come to mind and i just remember um thinking my nan was never a cantankerous woman my mother's mother was never a cantankerous woman she was kind and beautiful and and she died way too young and my great-grandmother alice as well she was not cantankerous she everybody else around her was um her other daughters were just her dreadful auntie doris and a few other people but my my great grandmother Alice she taught me piano and it's these women that I go that's the sort of woman that I want to be I want to be soft I want to be you know kind I want to be compassionate I want to be able to still give in my at my age and and I'm doing it and I I feel quite um alive with that and and too because I surround myself with young people like yourself you know uh, and the other thing too is I don't I don't have children, and so whether that makes a difference or not, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but I do surround myself with women who have had children, and so I hear their stories. It's pretty horrendous, I can tell you. <laughs> no, it's like, hang on, do I go into the field of having children or not? Yeah, see, that's an that is a whole other podcast because mm-hmm. um, most women my age, if I were to talk, tell their daughters, you know what, there is another path. Living a child-free life is glorious. It's mm. it it is can be difficult too because you know you have to get through the natural-born pull of motherhood, mm. and there are moments where you see a mother breastfeeding, or and it it really hurts you and you cry and, and you go, oh, I wonder what that's like. Mm. But that doesn't stay with you forever. It's like all emotions; it will come up. You feel it, and then you lay it down. And then you take up the mantle of the work that you're doing or the joy of what you're doing and you move on until the next pain that comes and you go probably three or four times a year, it would catch me. Yeah. That's it. Three or four times a year and that's it. So 
I don't know why we ended up talking about me and my childless life, but anyway, <laughs> I... be relevant for someone out there listening. Correct. That's correct. My darling, I would like to end now with, first of all, thanking you for your honesty and your wisdom, innate and aged wisdom, may I say, because you're not that young. <laughs> and dear listener, if you would love to know more about this woman's work, I will have some links for you in the show notes for you to follow and I guarantee you will not be disappointed. I'm going to close off now and say goodbye to you and I like to call all my listeners my daughters because that's who they are, they're my daughters. And I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of Holly and she's going to close with a meditation of her choice. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honour to share and sit with you. Um, and do your wisdom as well. It's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> so I would sit down for this. If you can, try not to do this walking or, of course, driving. But So this is a meditation for your throat chakra, the energy of communication, self-expression, and as we do enter into Gemini season, it's very much governed by ether, which is that quality and that element of Gemini. So... It's a really beautiful meditation for you to reconnect to that energy center and for you to feel safe again um, in expressing your truth and, and who you desire to be. It's more of a body meditation. To begin, you're actually just going to put your hands on your head and just give your head a little bit of a massage. You can really feel into where your fingers connect to your head and then start to make your way down over your face. So almost like you would rub your hands together to warm them up. Just kind of start to do that to your face as well, giving your bone structure a massage. And really pay attention to your jaw and to your chin. So anything above your collarbones and below your lower lip is all related to your throat chakra. And then start to move down over your throat as if you're trying to really move and massage your limbs. You can move around to the back of the neck as well. Don't forget these energy centers are not just on the front body. So, so much when, of what we do when we meditate is just kind of close the eyes and try and be still. We forget to get in the body first. So find any tender points around your neck or the base of your skull and really give more attention to that space. And even just notice if this feels weird. <laughs> You're like, what am I doing this for? (laughs) And then just eventually begin to lower your hands into your lap. You can put palms face up or down. And then just start to close your eyes. And begin to bring awareness to breath. Find a one-to-one ratio breath, which might be inhaling for four and exhale for four. And you're really letting your body know that you're here and that you've come back. You're allowing your body to step forward and to take the leap. So feel the breath filling in the space of your throat chakra. Breathing into the chest, breathing into your throat, 
feel the air move. And see if you can sense the gland of the thyroid wrapping around your airway there in your throat. And you might even touch your throat again to find that space. You might find as you try and breathe into this space, you might be met with blockage or stagnation. It might even feel difficult to connect, but that's okay. It's just information you're receiving about this energy center. Information so you can get to know yourself better. Notice the space above your collarbones all the way to your jaw. And imagine that you have almost like a scarf wrapped around your neck and your throat, literally embracing you and holding you here. Remember to wrap this around your back body. There's a whole backside of this center that I want you to engage with and allow your awareness into. Feeling the full shape, the front, the sides, the back of the throat. For a moment now, we're just going to move awareness. So open your awareness down to your bladder. So your urinary bladder, the one that sits way down in your pelvis. So we're now moving into the second chakra, the sacral chakra, the area of your uterus, your sex organs, center of creativity, divine feminine. We're leaving the throat chakra behind just for a second to tune into the space between the pelvic bones. Now allow your breath to descend into this space. The space in between the bones. Release tightness. Let this space soften. And through that softening, become more free and expanded. We'll practice now a two-pointed awareness meditation. So bring your awareness to both of these areas. Second chakra in the pelvis. And the chakra of your throat. And keep one imaginary eye in the throat. And one imaginary eye down the ladders of the chakras, down the ladder of the spine, into the sacral chakra. You'll notice that there is a connection between these two chakras, between these two points. It's almost like you're looking at two things at once, but also not looking at either one. Rather, you are feeling two things at once, feeling two wisdom points within your body. Feel the motion of your second chakra, the sacral chakra within your pelvis, and the motion at the throat chakra. 
And just sense if they're balanced, if they're moving at the same time, rising and falling at the same time. And it doesn't matter if they are or they aren't. I'm just paying attention to the energetic and the physical. The energetic is the space in between. And this space in between is the medicine, is the inherent health of your system. And this wellness lies in the suspended space. And just allow a feeling, maybe a word or a symbol to come through now of what these centers feel like or what it feels like to just be connected to these centers, this space in between to the sacredness of your divine body. Perhaps notice emotion that arises and notice if you're jumping back into your mind A lot of the time, this is quite nonverbal. You might not actually be able to find any words or anything that you know with your mind to describe this feeling. Just acknowledge the sensation and notice as you let yourself be with her, her with a capital H, how you begin to shift. your body shifts once you tap into that space between. And you might find that you automatically shift into duality. Recognize that. That's also part of who you are. Allow yourself to surrender, soften, and allow the duality of who you are and the non-duality of who you are. You can sit in this space for as long as you like. You return back whenever you feel ready, whenever you feel cold. 